Hello, I'm Emily Willey, founder of Vespod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich, and you're listening to The Wallet. Every week, we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. UK inflation rises to 9.1%, its highest rate in 40 years, and the Bank of England has warned it will reach 11% this year. In this short Wallet Hotline episode, I'm taking a step back and looking at the big picture. What is inflation? Who is in charge of controlling inflation? Why is inflation hard to predict? And finally, what can you do for your money? The stress of buying a house can feel overwhelming and very time-consuming. There are so many things to consider, and you definitely don't want to miss anything or get it wrong. Moneybox have helped hundreds of thousands save for their first homes with their market-leading lifetime ISA. You'll also be relieved to find out that Moneybox now offers a free mortgage advice service that supports you from your first steps to your doorstep. They cover everything from finding and securing the right mortgage all the way until your completion. A dedicated case manager will help you manage all the admin between solicitors, lenders and estate agents, making your home buying experience all the more stress-free. Please note your home could be repossessed if you do not keep up repayment on your mortgage. A government LISA withdrawal charge may apply. Remember that we are not certified financial advisors. Information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. So if we start with what is inflation? When we look back at history, inflation rose sharply during and after major conflicts. This can be explained mainly by a couple of factors. One, large government borrowing to fund wars. And two, as the war unfolds, supply chains are being disrupted. As supply of goods falls, prices need to adjust higher in order to meet the same demand. History is full of examples of such dynamic. World War I, World War II, the Vietnam War, to name just the most recent ones. While inflation can sometimes be a difficult concept to comprehend, I like to think about it this way. Over time, your money can buy you less and less stuff. Until money can't actually buy you anything. Indeed, if we push it to an extreme, inflation will purely and simply destroy money itself as people lose confidence in its value and go back to barter. If I don't believe that the £10 you give me today will be worth £10 tomorrow, why should I accept it? This might seem too extreme, but it's pretty much what happened to Germany after World War II. Later in the century, Argentina has seen its prices explode so much that people were cashing out their daily paycheck, usually bills in plastic bags, for food. Between the time they entered the shop and reached the till, prices had moved so much that they needed to adjust their purchases in order to either get rid of extra cash in their plastic bag or get less food for their money. Inflation in Argentina reached a peak of 2,600% year over year in 1989 and 1990. To put things in perspective, the cost of your bread will go up from £2 to 1350 within two years. This is just the bread, since all goods prices will shoot up accordingly. Now, this is where it gets tricky. A little inflation is good, usually around 2%. Sits in support a growing economy. But too much inflation or negative inflation, also called deflation, has irreversible consequences, especially in terms of confidence. Our economic system is built on confidence. Confidence that you can walk into a shop and they will accept your money. Confidence that your bank will give you cash when you insert your debit card in an ATM 
if you have money on your account, of course. Confidence by your mortgage broker that you will repay your loan. If confidence disappears, our system can collapse. Who is in charge of controlling inflation? Given how important it is, national central banks sometimes have the sole objective of keeping inflation under control, like the European Central Bank, the ECB, while others like the Bank of England or the Federal Reserve Bank, the Fed, have dual mandate of inflation and unemployment. In order to control inflation, central banks in the world can change the financial conditions, it's called the monetary policy, by increasing or decreasing interest rates or an increasing and decreasing the amount of money in the financial system. This might seem complicated, but it's in fact very simple. For example, if mortgage rates are very high, let's say 15%, you will not be able to buy a new house since you can't afford a mortgage. As the amount of buyers shrinks, sellers need to lower their prices in order to attract buyers, which eventually cools the housing market until we find a new equilibrium. The opposite is also true as we have seen recently throughout the developed world, where house prices are hovering near all-time high thanks to low interest rates. The other tool, which I won't go too much into detail, is called quantitative easing. The idea is to increase the amount of money in the system by printing new bills. Therefore, as more money is chasing the same amount of goods, then prices tend to rise in order to balance the supply and demand. Quantitative easing is used when you want to stimulate the economy, and quantitative tightening is used when you want to slow down the economy. Why is inflation hard to predict? Unfortunately, inflation is very difficult to forecast since it covers such a wide spectrum of goods, food, energy, clothes, cars, appliances, etc. Also services like wages. Our central banks have been particularly bad at forecasting inflation, and lately the Fed had to do a monetary policy U-turn which shook the markets. While they thought inflation to be transitory, they had to admit that they had made a mistake since inflation was more entrenched than they thought, which started to impact confidence. Therefore, they had to increase rates much higher and faster than expected in order to fight inflation. Central banks are like super tankers that steer the economy in a slow and steady way. Therefore, when the biggest, the US supertanker, suddenly realizes that he's going to hit the coast and needs to urgently change direction that creates a lot of waves that can capsize the smaller boat cruising around. Smaller boats being the companies and consumers. Regardless of how painful it is, late is better than never, since as we saw, a loss of confidence in the central bank's ability to fight inflation will undermine the entire system. That means your savings, your home, and your work become worthless. When things get bad, they can get really bad and people run out of money and this becomes quite extreme. In a nutshell, we are going back to basic essential needs and all the rest is frivolous. This happened again and again throughout history. Inflation is very difficult to forecast since there is a psychological component embedded in it. It's not just about supply and demand, but also about expectations. If you think the price of wheat, pasta, beer, bread, is going to skyrocket, you're going to buy more pasta today since you think prices tomorrow will be higher. Unfortunately, prices will keep increasing as more and more people think, like you, until something breaks or people start thinking price will increase or maybe even prices may decrease and therefore will delay their consumption. You clearly see here why it is so important for the central bank to keep this inflation narrative under control. 
We also toilet paper shortages and the price of paracetamol shooting up during the pandemic purely and simply because everyone wanted the same thing at the same time. So what's going on at the moment? After the pandemic hit, central banks around the world unleashed unprecedented amounts of liquidity in order to support the economy. At the same time, governments have gone out of their way on the fiscal front to support consumers and business alike. The US sent checks, free money to this population, a concept also known as helicopter money. The UK government is offering £400 checks to households in order to help pay for the utility, etc. Whether this was necessary or not, it's not up for debate. But both the government and the central banks have been stimulating the economy hard in order to counter the negative effect of the pandemic, stimulating demand for credit, demand for goods, and demand for employment. Then, as the pandemic finally managed to dissipate, Russia invaded Ukraine and China went back into full lockdown. Therefore, in a world of hyper-stimulated demand, the supply of grains, of which Russia and Ukraine are the largest exporters, the supply of energy, Russia is the biggest exporter of oil and, and oil products to the EU, the supply of goods, of which China is the largest exporter, slowed down almost overnight. As demands remained very strong, supply shrunk and prices adjusted upwards, which creates a lot of inflation. While central banks can and must control the inflation narrative by keeping expectations in check, it's difficult for them to actually control the rate of inflation. Indeed, making money more expensive by increasing rates will not bring down food and energy prices. This is the dilemma the world is currently facing. There is so much a central bank can do. What is clear is that the central bank is looking to tame the strong demand, which will likely lead to a recession. Something has to give. And if you're interested, I would highly recommend the 30-minute video by Ray Dalio on how the economic machine works. It's super clear and interesting, and you can find the link in the show notes. So what can you do? Prepare for the worst, hope for the best. As we mentioned, many forces are out of our control, and you should therefore focus on what you can change and control. One, tighten any loose end. Review all your credit and have a clear plan on how you will repay any loans. Two. But at the same time, if you're lucky enough to generate extra cash, higher rates reward savers. Three, review your spending habits. What would you do if energy prices and food prices were to double, quadruple, or increase tenfold? Remember, it happened in the past, so it's time to make a plan. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Wallet. Every other week, I answer your questions about money on the show. To get involved, send your questions and comments via hotline to podcast at vespot.com. If you send us a voice note, you may even get to hear your voice on the next hotline episode. Be sure to share this show with your friends and subscribe on your favorite platform. Please also reverse a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a few seconds, but it helps more people find our show. Join us again next Thursday for another episode of The Wallet with Katie Murray, the author of Change Makers. You should also join our next market update on Thursday, the 7th of July at 12.30 when we're going to look at what's happening in the economy and the stock market. It's free, link in the show notes.